Amen. Let's welcome the Lord in this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in this morning. I mean, enjoyed the singing this morning. That's real nice. Amen. We would like to welcome everybody that's tuned in with us in different places, different locations, especially the assembly in Canada. Uh, won't be long, maybe, that we can go visit them. Basically, that would be nice. It's been almost a year, been over a year since we've been there. And I know they miss us about as much as we miss them. And I'm already planning. This time, I'm going to go early. So I got, I'm old enough to have a bucket list. How many knows what a bucket list is? I got a bucket list, and one of those bucket lists is go fishing in Canada one more time. And next week, I'm going to have another bucket list, and I won't be here, so I'm fulfilling a bucket list for the last time. Uh, Brother Stuart Duckworth. Now, I do not know the individual. He was recommended to me, and some of you know him. And he will be ministering for us next Sunday morning, if the Lord permits. So, we look forward to that. But I'm fulfilling one of my duck bucket lists. At 81 years of age, every time you fulfill one, you can scratch it off because you have no promise of another hour. Amen. I did not resign at 80 and get a Harley and ride around the country, so I missed that one. I'll have to apologize. God forgive me for ever since I've been about 35 or 40. I said, when I get 80, I'm going to buy me a brand new Harley Davis. And now I change my mind. I wouldn't want a Harley anyway. Uh, and ride her about six months around the country and see the country and basically just enjoy it. Well, as well as you know, as well as I do, that I didn't get to do that. Uh, I'm not going to blame COVID because I probably wouldn't have done it without COVID anyway. So, COVID is a, just a big blind wind blowing of the devil. How many knows that? Just setting us up for the change. But we're looking forward to visiting Canada once again. Hopefully, the idiots will change their mind about travel for long and open up where we can uh, travel into another uh, country. And that will be nice to see them. We haven't been broadcasting back and forth, so it's basically uh, we haven't seen them quite some time. But that's all right. The live streaming is picking up. There's more people tuning in online streaming than before, I guess because they're shut in and different things like that. But we welcome each one of those around the country and even overseas that gets the services at a different time. I think in Denmark, they have to get up at like 3 o'clock in the morning to watch our service now. And basically, uh, so we appreciate that. But the children are all asleep at that time. Who knows that? Yeah. Brother Billy, it's good to see you this morning. You didn't bring me another knife, did you? Okay. Because I don't have no change. <laughs> so, that's all right. Glad to see you driving up this morning. The reason why I chose the subjects that I am on, and that is the Son, Jesus the Prophet. And this morning, I just titled the message, Was Jesus That Prophet? It's because we're laying a foundation, and once we get back, we'll start the series. Uh, basically, seven steps to glorification or seven steps to immortality. And the first step to immortality or the first step to coming to the uh, recognition and understanding, and I'll use the word perception, 
of who you really are and what you really are lies in you being able to identify Jesus, who he was. If you have internet, you, uh, I know you get tired of me talking about pointing to a subject, but if you get internet and just type in who is Jesus or anything about Jesus and go online, you'll see one of the greatest theological questions today is 90% of the people do not understand correctly or understand at all who Jesus of Nazareth really was. My question is, if he was born the Son of God, as the Scripture declares, when did he become God? If he was born the Son of God, as the Scripture declares, this holy thing formed in thee shall be called the Son of God. If he was born the Son of God, a man, when did he become God? That's a question. And who is Jesus? Was he prophesied to come? What did he accomplish? Does our salvation and our destiny rest upon this one man? It does. As far as we can understand. So my question this morning, to lay the foundation, because when we start the series, it'll just take maybe one subject on each point. And the foundational part is who or the proper identification of Jesus Christ. Because if you cannot identify him, you will never in your mind come to the perception to know who you really are here in this fleshly body born in sin. The capstone revelation of understanding God to become one with Him is a revelation of who you are as sons and daughters of God. If you follow the notes, I give you quotes in the last few lessons. And the um, reading quotes were Brother Branham would say, and I looked at it for many years. He always said, I believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. If you read that as it sounds like he is saying without anything else added to it, he would be telling you that he believed that Jesus Christ was God. Then he would go ahead and tell you, explain to you that he was not God, he was the Son of God, and how the event take place. So what is Brother Branham really saying? I believe that Jesus Christ was born as God as his Father. Therefore, I believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, which is God the Father produced a son in the image of himself. I also believe in the deity of the sons of God. Now, you may believe that Jesus was God, or you may believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, but do you believe in the deity of yourself as a son? Because we're going to look this morning that your soul, your life source, come from the same source that Jesus came from. Therefore, when we properly identify Jesus, then we can come to the revelation of who I am in Christ as sons of God. So we're going to look at this subject this morning, and I won't get through it all. I'll give you more notes than what I can get through as I get to writing, so I just type it out 
sometimes it's repeat. Sometimes it's uh, down little avenues and alleys. And you back out and get the same subject. But we're trying to identify who Jesus really was. What is the true identification of Jesus Christ? Was he that prophet that's spoken of from the Old Testament to the New? So let's read some scriptures to basically point us in a direction. There's scriptures around these verses that you can read for context to give you a clearer picture. And maybe we'll need to go, uh, when we get to Acts, we'll have to go to our Bible and read that context because it really opens up the question there in Acts chapter 3 when we get there. In John 1.21, here we are looking at uh, John the Baptist. Who Jesus declares there was no one born of woman greater than John the Baptist. Now we could take a whole series or two or three lessons on why John was greater than Moses, Elijah, and all these prophets. No man born of woman greater than John the Baptist, Jesus said. In John 1.21, they were speaking to him and they said, and they asked him. Now this is John. What then? Art thou Elijah? Now, they had, a, they had a revelation of Elijah because they understood that the last prophet that spoke to them from God was Malachi. Who told them that he would send them Elijah the prophet to do something with the hearts of the children. So now it was 400 years of silence and God hadn't spoke to them at all. I put in your notes and I ramble the notes around as I go to talking. We get impatient from hearing from God in 40 years, and there was 400 years of silence that they didn't hear from God, period. So the only thing they had was what God said 400 years before. And the last thing he said to them, I'll send you Elijah the prophet, and he'll do something for you. So for 400 years, the children of Israel now, they basically the uh, sons of God that's called in the Bible as a nation, they're waiting to hear from God again, and they know that it has to come to them by a prophet. Everybody say prophet. All right. So they're asking John. He comes forth and preaching repentance. So they're asking John, are thou Elijah? Are you the Elijah of Malachi 4 to come and turn our hearts to somebody? And what was his answer? He said, I am not. Now, we know that he was Malachi 3, a messenger sent from God to forerun this great prophet or the Messiah. They turn around and ask him, then art thou that prophet? Okay, what are they talking about? They're talking about Deuteronomy 18 where Moses said that he would send them a prophet even as himself. We'll read the scripture in a few minutes. And they must hear that prophet or their souls will be cut off from the economy of God. And he answered, no, I'm not that prophet. In John 1.25, if you just read the whole chapter, he said, And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if you're not the Elijah of Malachi 4, and if you're not the prophet of Deuteronomy 18, why are you baptizing then? If thou be not that Christ, in other words, if you're not that anointed one that we're looking for, Neither are you Elijah of Malachi 4, neither are you that prophet of Deuteronomy 18. What are you, what are, what are you doing? 
What's this all about? We find in John 6, 14, we also find that they understood about a prophet. He said, then those men that, that when they had uh, seen the miracle that Jesus did, they said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. What prophet were they talking about? They were talking about that prophet of Deuteronomy 18. That prophet that Moses said would he raise up among the brethren, and those that hear not that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. Now, I'm going to go to the Bible. I only put John 3, 23 down in your text, but I'm going to go back to Acts 17 to 23 to read uh, the contest for you to understand then what we're talking about. Now, watch. Here Peter speaking to one. He said, Now, brethren, I want that through ignorance you did as also your rulers. In other words, we're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and rejection of Christ. Watch. But those things which God before hath showed by the mouth of all his prophets. How's God going to show you anything? By a prophet. That Christ, this anointed one, this promised one in the scripture, should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. I'm going to make a statement in here. Without being a prophet, he could not be the Messiah or the anointed one. Because a prophet is an anointed one sent from God. So to be the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of the scripture, he would have to be that prophet of Deuteronomy 18. Let me just follow me now. All right. Repent you therefore, verse 19, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Notice now, when the times of refreshing shall come from the perusia of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. He's speaking of the time that they asked Jesus in Matthew 24, 1 to 3, what would be the sign of your presence and the coming of the Lord? So the perusia of the presence is a particular time also speaking of the Alpha Omega principle of God. In other words, that prophet is promised to come to the Jews. And here Peter is saying also that prophet will come to the Gentiles at the end. That prophet. And, ye shall, and he shall send Jesus Christ. To me, Jesus Christ would be the Logos or the anointing that come out of God in the very beginning. Also called Jesus, which is basically the name that God chose as his earthly name. He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. What does it mean before? By Moses and also by Jesus himself. Now notice, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution. Now we know that Jesus told us in Matthew 17 that he would send you Elijah the prophet to fulfill the second half of Malachi 4 and restore unto us at the end time the revelation that Jesus brought of the Father 2,000 years ago. He's going to do for us the same as he done for Israel 
to finish the Alpha and Omega principle, I am the beginning and I am the end. If God unveiled himself in flesh and it was God speaking through flesh in the Alpha, he would have to repeat that same process in an Omega. And in terms, it would be that same prophet that spoke that Jesus fulfilled. I will send you that prophet, which that prophet is none other than the Logos manifested in flesh. The heavens must receive Jesus. Now watch, which would be that prophet. Until the times of restitution, the fulfilling or the restoring all things according to Matthew 17. Of all things, and that's the word that Brother Branham said, my message is to restore, to bring back the original truth and revelation. Watch now. Which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Moses laid the foundation of God's principles in the first five books. Everything that you find in existence comes out of the first five books. Every seed in Genesis will come to a multiplied harvest in this hour in the book of Revelation. So therefore, if the Alpha and Omega principle is true and you must understand it to be able to understand this message. The Cain that was born of God in, in, the, in the garden multiplied for 6,000 years is the ecumenical seed called the church of this end time. Which is the seed of the serpent because he started the ecumenical religion in the garden. When it comes to harvest, it will be a multiplied, multiplied religious front out here. That is what God has rejected from the very beginning of the seed. And he will reject it in the end. Okay. Be known unto oh, Let me see if I can get it. Uh, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which were before preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by his mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers. Now he's referring back to Deuteronomy 18. Note, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. To me, that tells me that God will raise up a man, a seed of David, promise. From among the brethren, he will be a man, he will be in the lineage, and he will be a prophet. If God is going to raise up a prophet, that prophet is not God per se. Raise up uh, among your brethren like unto me. Watch now. Here's the kicker. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass. That's in this hour now. That every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. That did not happen at the ministry of Jesus. That only happens in the Omega today when that prophet shall minister or show himself among the people and every soul that does not hear that prophet today shall be cut off from amongst the people. My question is, was Jesus that prophet that fulfilled Deuteronomy 18? And my answer simply is yes. 
then who is this prophet that shall come to climax the omega of Deuteronomy 18? And the first thing everybody's going to say is William Branham, which they can't get out of identifying except through a man. But it's the same prophet. William Branham was not God per se. Jesus, the created Son of God, was not God per se like your finger. Okay. Now you have to properly identify Jesus, the Son of God, to understand that you, in the process, are sons, are seed of God through the process of life, principle, Logos, Adam, through humanity. The spiritual election of God, his own soul life, that principle, whatever that principle may be, comes through human reproduction. Because it comes through human reproduction, we have a hard time, and I'll get to it, my mind goes, we'll have a hard time perceiving ourselves to our true identity as being little gods. We have a hard time perceiving ourselves as one with God. Okay, think about it. Now watch. Was Jesus that prophet? We'll follow our notes. And I got more notes than we'll get to this morning, which that's all right. You can read them, do with them whatever you'd like. I wrote down the answer from Israel, basically. The nation or the people that God was, Jesus was sent to. That elected people that Jesus was sent to. He wasn't sent to the Gentile. He was sent to the Jew. That people as a whole outside of, you know, the few disciples. And one of them that was the son of perdition, basically the incarnated devil. And the majority of the religious world, even to this day. And there's parts of society and humanity today that's never heard anything about Jesus. If they've even heard the name Jesus, they don't have a clue what it means. There's thousands and thousands of people live and die and never hear about Jesus and the plan of salvation. You say, well, surely everybody's heard about Jesus. No, they haven't. It's fun raising children in church, isn't it? Every time I see that problem, I always remember what was a girl named raised three or four children on the second bench here in our church down the boot hill. Sandy, bless her heart. I hope she still loves me. She raised her children on the second pew back there in one service. I was really going brick more and the kids was, kids was upset, whatever more. And she had her little switch with her and she was put more and whatever. And they was screaming and hollering. And I just stopped and said, just beat them all. Yes, <laughs> she did. She just give every one of, she just give every one of them two or three swats, and they settled down, and we had a good service. Then. But bless her heart, she raised them right on the second row over there. <laughs> Amen. You tell them I'm getting old, right? When they get old, brother, I said they start rambling and remembering things like that. We understand that the 
nation of Israel, even to this day, we understand the rejection of Jesus right on down for the 2,000 years. 99% of the Jews today reject and they will spit at you when they hear the name Jesus. Because they understand the concept of one God. And they cannot believe that God had a son. Because that would mean that God had an offspring. And they cannot comprehend that. Because if God had a son, then he would have to have something through a woman, da 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 da, da naturally. And that's not true. God is a creator. But God is life. Every principle of God, every law of life, every law of reproduction come out of God. Seed come out of God. Matter of fact, that little halo of life called the Logos or the Word of God, who was the firstborn son of God, was the original seed of God. And in that form, he spoke. So the Logos, one of its definitions is the spoken or speaking of the word. Where God said, let there be, let there be, let there be. Watch. If you notice the scripture we find here in the scripture that when it speaks of the Christ, are you the Christ? Are you the anointed one? These people, these religious leaders had someone in mind according to Moses' teaching. They had someone in mind. Are you that prophet? They had someone in mind. And like I said, they was looking at Deuteronomy 18 where Moses spoke of that prophet that would come up among the brethren. And they believed that that prophet would lead the nation into the kingdom as king and conquer or put the whole world under their feet. That they would be the head and not the tail. They still believe that. And it will come in a sense, but not as they understand it. All three of these, that the Christ, that prophet, or Elijah, all three of these statements are speaking about the same promise, let's call it the same person. Now, I've taught you a lot on how many believe that Jesus was a person. How many believe there's the devil in the PA systems? Jesus had his own soul, spirit, and body. Jesus died on Calvary. We know that God cannot die. So just little simple statements should cause our minds to think where our perception of Jesus has to be correct to properly perceive who I am. Amen. Amen. How many is understanding me now? So if I can identify the alpha, yeah. the beginning, I can also identify the omega or the process as it goes through. Amen. Now what? We believe that God has brought to unto us an awareness that is different from organized religion or any other religions per se. Because he's made us aware by his voice. Now we know the voice would come forth in a man. And if it was the voice of God, it would have to be 
called a prophet. It's also called the seventh angel. Therefore, we understand that the angel to this age, which is the Spirit of God, using a man to communicate his will for us to this hour, would come through a man with the office of prophet. You will not hear from God. I don't care what you do. I go to college. I read my Bible. You're never going to hear from God outside of a prophet. Well, Brother Greer, you're talking to us. What do you mean? It's God, prophet, fivefold ministry, people. That's the order that it comes to. So, therefore, a fivefold ministry has no opinion of themselves or by themselves or a private interpretation. To be a fivefold ministry, I had to have the ability, which is the gift, to hear what the Spirit said through the prophet, weigh that by what he's already said, and trust the anointing that he will speak and teach to you the correct, infallible Word of God. Now, we're men and we'll make mistakes. So don't say, well, he's got to be perfect if he don't dot every eye and dot every tail. He's not of God. That's not true. So we believe that we have been made aware by a voice, and that voice was the seventh angel, which we give the title or has the title of prophet. And that prophet brought us a message of the presence of God himself. So the voice declared, I am here. And the I am here is that pillar of fire, that light, which is birthed out from the beginning, which we call the Logos, which is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Logos, which was a little halo of light. That halo of light contained God Veiled. The veil or the light that you see is not God, the person. It only represents to give you a perception of the invisible God. Then that light takes on another form that we call Adam, which he put in a body of the earth. Now we call man. Every son of God, every seed of God come forth through the Logos, down through Adam, that will ever be born, was already created back here in the eternal Spirit of God. So in that Logos, if you want to make it seen, in the Logos, that original seed was ever apple that's ever going to be on the tree. The tree of life, every son that will ever be on that tree or be a soul of God was in that original seed. How are you following now? In that form, you and I were one with God. Amen. So therefore, God in this hour brought us a message now. We go through all this sin, basic history, and more. We're down in this end time, end time where our minds are almost totally darkened to the revelation or the understanding of our predestination where we was way back 
before the foundation of the world. That's almost completely black to us or darkened. The prophet called it spiritual amnesia. You do not know and remember what you've done back before the foundations of the world. According to the Bible, in some form now, you and I shouted for joy. I think we shouted for joy when God opened the books and we seen our names on the book. Hallelujah. If God opened up the book and you seen your name written there, I guarantee you, you wouldn't say, oh, me, oh. No, we would shout a little jig because we know that it was impossible to fail. We'll never die. We're in charge of everything happens to us physically. Our destiny is secured. Praise be to God. That gives you a power of revelation that now we can act accordingly. So this message of I am here basically should remove or has removed the fear of being deceived. We have an innate bred in us fear of being deceived or being lost. We have an innate fear of what lays beyond this life. I can read the Bible tells me there's angels, whatever more, but what about me? Every one of us is concerned about thee. Look at a picture, and if you're in it, guess who you look at first? Me. Amen. So the message of his presence, I am here, was the message of the anointing or the presence of the Logos. And the Logos would be that prophet. Because the Logos was that prophet through Jesus of Nazareth. And the Logos was promised to come again if we don't hear that problem in the end time, our soul will be cut off. So you're talking about the same prophet. And God is his own prophet. He only uses man as a means to communicate. Are you following me now? He uses man that was made in his own image. To communicate through. To reveal himself to humanity and to us. Therefore the prophet said what? My ministry is to declare to you that he is here. And that he to me. Is none other than God himself. In the form of the Holy Ghost. Are a pillar of fire. A light. Because that's how he has shown himself from Genesis in the Garden of Eden all the way to the end in the New Jerusalem. That capstone up here that lightens the whole earth will be that Logos which will light the whole earth. And in that light will dwell the invisible God. Amen. Knowing that, I can call the Logos God because in Christ or the anointing dwells the invisible one. And the only way I can understand the invisible one is look at the outward image or the body. I only see your image or your body. 
Watch your actions, your attitudes, and things like that for me to really ever know you. Like Brother Bam, you've never seen me or I've never seen you. I only see the expression of an outward form. Now watch. So the message of the anointing that the Logos is here, to me that would bring to pass Acts 17 to 23, because the Bible tells me that the heaven must receive Jesus, the glorified, resurrected man that is still physical. He still exists. Jesus did not evaporate and go from a man back to a spirit. I asked the brothers years ago out to the minister's conference. They said, well, basically when I said, what happened to Jesus? Who's sitting on the throne of God? I think that's how the argument got started or the debate got started. got me kicked out of the meeting. Where is Jesus today? Fifteen or sixteen preachers were sitting around. Young ministers thought they was basically on fire for God. I asked, I said, you my men are preaching to the bride. Can one of you tell me where Jesus, the man, is today? They was all silent. And one, you know, he was like Peter. I know where he's at. I said, where is he? He said, he evaporated. I said, evaporated? The other one said, no, nah, brother, he didn't evaporate. But he's laying comatose on the altar. I said, so we got a comatose intercessor and a comatose mediator. Now, I need an intercessor because when I make mistakes, I need someone to intercede for me. If I never was going to make a mistake, all I would need was a mediator. But I need an intercessor and a mediator because I'm still here wandering around learning like a kid playing in a, a hailstorm or something like that. So get out of your mind that you're this perfect, hallelujah, glorified, halo-covered individual. Because not, we are basically sons and daughters of God trapped in a prison. And our Father comes down to deliver us and set us free from the perception that our minds has formed that how we see ourselves. You perceive yourself in a certain light. My question is this morning, how do you perceive Jesus determines how you perceive yourself. So we have here this with us the anointing or our Joshua now, our teaching spirit. Him is following now. So this light, this one that the prophet said he's here, I've got to decrease that he will increase. There's your anointing, which would be our teacher, our leader, our Joshua, our father, our head, our husband, the source, God himself. First John 2, 27 to 29. Let's look at that. It's amazing how quick time goes by when you're having a good time, isn't it? In 1 John 2, 27 and 29, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. Praise be to God. John says the anointing that you received of him. What was be the anointing that they had received? The gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Because the message that you're walking under and believing is your anointing. And your anointing is controlling your perception that you have of people, of God, and of yourself. If you're looking at this message, you believe God sent a prophet and we're struggling and learning. This message, the revelation of a prophet in the presence of God and who we are, becomes your anointing. And that anointing is what's teaching you and guiding you and controlling you. That inner anointing of who you are as seed of God is what's controlling you. Amen. It's your keeping power. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. They had received a revelation according to the same writer. Now are we the sons of God. But it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when he appears in the Omega, when that one of Acts 3, that prophet comes, that revelation comes, that prophet comes at the end time, when he shall appear and bring the Omega revelation of who we are, at that time we shall be like him, for we shall see him as we are. You say, well, it says we shall see him as he is. When we see Jesus, we will see ourselves because we come out of that apple tree, that apple seed. You and I come out of the original seed, which was Jesus. Praise be to God. Man, that makes a Baptist get happy. Amen. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth... The same anointing, the same message in this hour. And now Alpha is Omega, remember. So John here is talking to you and I this morning. Skip the in-between. The two ends of the board is all you look at. Well, what about Luther? What about, I'm not interested in, one end, if this end of the board gets in, this end of the board gets in, all the board gets in. I'm not worried about the two, I'm only worried about the two ends. I'm not worried about the board in the middle. So we're at the end of the board. How did you make it down that road? I only looked to the end. Alpha is Omega. All right. So watch. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and reality and is no lie. There's no error in it. And there's no lie in it. I, he didn't tell you that you were sons of God and try to figure out what he's talking about. Now are you the sons of God, and that is no lie, that is the truth. Amen. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in Him. And now, little children, abide in Him. That's the revealed Word. We call it the message. We call it the open book. Abide in Him, that when He shall appear, that's Logos, When the Logos shall appear, which is Revelation 10, 1. God himself, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, seeking the Lord himself, the Logos, the pillar of fire, shall descend to earth. And he will have a message, but the one that descends is not the one verbally speaking to us as a human. He descends and anoints a man 
called a prophet or the mouthpiece of God to preach to us. And the elected or the sheep down here will hear his voice. You're built in such a unique way that your brain up here says, I don't have a clue what he's talking about, but there's something down here that is a part of the one up here that's doing the speaking. And they said, I don't know what is, but something in here says that's nothing but the truth. So I don't try to figure out why my brain can't get it. I only say I rest in the fact that I believe, that I believe, that I understand who I am because that man, vindicated by God, tells me that I am seed. Amen. Praise be to God. And then I establish it or confirm it by the words out of my own mouth. Now little children abide in him, stay in the word, stay in the message of the hour. And when he shall appear, when the Lord God comes at the end, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Watch now at this end, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. Watch, not be ashamed before him. As long as you have a consciousness of sin, as long as you see yourself weak, inferior, some renegade or whatever you see yourself, you'll always, we won't be comfortable in the presence of God. But what he said, and we shall not be ashamed before him, what at the white throne judgment which has come with a prophet, the judge is here, and we're standing on trial now. The trial has already been pronounced. You are not guilty. You never sinned in the first place. Praise be to God. You are the virtuous, sinless bride of Jesus Christ. Therefore, no sin can be laid to your charge. So shut your mouth up and declare that you're sons and daughters of God. Amen. Now, I don't care what devil tells you any other way. Watch. And not be ashamed before him. That's the anointing. That's the presence. Watch. At his coming, which is perusia, literal presence. So there's going to come a time, which has happened and now is, we've got to see where we're in this, that the pillar of fire, the Logos, God himself, which is the prophet, the lethargy of God, is here. He speaks to us through a human veil. We recognize the human veil because the human veil has been vindicated by God to be speaking for God. So therefore we take vindication as God speaking to me. And then our soul rests upon what this spirit has told us as to our election and predestination. Now we studied basically in the blood covenants the four full blessings of the blood of covenant. And I just put down one first we understood and labored on the fact and I'll just read the little statement. The righteousness that God imparts to every member of the new covenant that gives us a standing in the presence of the Father identical with the standing of Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're actually made the righteousness of God in the anointing. In that anointing, you existed somewhere, somehow, In the presence of the anointing, 
we should have no sin consciousness even as Jesus did not have any sin consciousness. Now watch. The point is, according to this righteousness of God, which we've looked at in just the last few years, the church, let's say until the 50s or 60s, didn't even look at this subject. The church never knew that we are, by the Bible, the very righteousness of God. They wouldn't even perceive or even look at the thought that we are little worm, sinner, reprobates, praise God, renegades, gone to hell for some reason. Could even consider that yourself in a role that you're an offspring of God, that you can be like Jesus. Blaspheme, the Catholic Church said. Athema to any man that claims or thinks that he is a son of God. Well, praise be to God for revelation. Because the Bible absolutely declares that we were made the very righteousness of God through faith or revelation of Jesus Christ himself, the prophet of God. Now, the point being, according to the Bible... And according to what we're looking at, the fall of the church, right on down through the dark age and whatever more, we actually never knew or perceived ourselves as being righteous. We actually draw away. We shrink up. We kind of pull back. We kind of hesitate. Even think in our mind or confess out of your mouth that you are the very righteousness of God. But we find Jesus, whoever he was, and we call him the Son of God, we find that he didn't draw back. He was not conscious of any inferiority to the Father in the presence of God himself. God absolutely took residence up in his body, and he didn't feel condemned, inferiority, guilty, or anything else. He had no consciousness of sin because there was no sin there. That's where he had to become sin that we could be free from the perception of being sinners. Separated from God. And the lie is that you're out here separated, being something, and God's over there. And you're something different, separated from God. When the truth is, I am a part of God because I have eternal life living in me. Amen. Let's don't make the same mistake Eve made. She was already a daughter of God. But she thought that she would have more power of revelation by eating the tree of the knowledge. Hmm, go on now. She already was what she looked for the knowledge of herself even being. So she never perceived herself according to the Word of God. Watch now. According to the Bible, in the vindicated message of this hour, we actually believe the Bible, and the Bible teaches us that God Himself is our righteousness and that you and I are a new creation a new creature created in Christ Jesus and we have no sense or consciousness 
of sin. This message comes to deliver us from the perception of our own identity. Not who do you say I the son of man am. But the question of is since the message who do you say that you are as a believer. If Jesus was that prophet. And I believe that he was. And let me just clear it up. Now you know that he. Brother Bram said he was more than a prophet. Now he was a prophet. Jesus was a prophet. But he was more than a prophet on the grounds of what? His birth. He was more than a prophet because he was created without sexual male and female process. He was created in the womb of a virgin. Bypassing the original sin. He was the created son of God. Making him more than just a sin born prophet. He was the firstborn among many brethren. He was the original son of God that should have been born as the first offspring of Adam and Eve. He should have been the firstborn. That was his role. That was his title. And that was his privilege as being the firstborn son. Because the firstborn son receives half of the kingdom of God. Watch. If Jesus was that prophet, then he put away sin by his sacrifice of himself. And you will have a consciousness of sin only. Only now when you do something that is unpleasing to the spirit. And something tells you inside here. Now that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Which tells you that the blood of Jesus Christ has already spoke for you. And the results comes down to your soul. That you can say, Father forgive me because I, I, I shouldn't have done that. Praise be to God. So I can walk under a continual confession that I am the righteous of God because if I transgress the spiritual law, I have the blood or an intercessor that still speaks for me and make an intermediation for me down here because as I am right here in this body, so is he up there on the throne. Now let's go. The, watch now. So we look at this. In John 1 and 1, here's the key factor, and I know they keep going over it. In the beginning was the Logos, or the, in the beginning was the Word. The Word translated means Logos, which Brother Ben brought out was that little light that come out of the eternal spirit. And the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. It, it was an eternal Logos called the Son of God or the Holy Spirit. The Logos, one of its meanings involved, which brings us down to seed, means the spoken Word. It includes the thoughts, precepts, the rhema, the spoken word, and all. Spoken word, therefore, being the original seed. Out of an original seed come man and every man. You say, why, Brother Gary? I'll take my time. I'll just quit here in a few minutes. Because every man, you and I, right now, this morning... We are a soul or a light, little light down here, called a son of God. If you brought me out as a little light, I would have no body, you'd just see a light. 
But this little light goes to another body Amen. up here in heaven, eternal in the, eternal in the heavens. Because we have a body already waiting for us, eternal in the heavens, not made by hands. In other words, it wasn't made by a man and a woman or something like that. We have a building, not a church or a house we go live, but we have a body that God spoke into existence from the foundation of the world. We bypass that body, but it's still there. And through Adam failing to go to the tree of life, we was brought forth by the law of sex. But that soul, that real me, is now expressed here. And I receive the revelation of my identity in Christ. And I have a body, a theophany, already in the presence of God, calling me. That's the reason why you can receive the gospel. That's the reason why there's something inside of you that says amen. Because the theophany is already there speaking for you. When you say amen inside, all you're hearing is from your theophany. Hallelujah. When you sing glory to God, all you're doing is reflecting what's going on in another realm up here. So if you feel happy this morning and you want to sing and worship God, there's some form of you up in the presence of God that's shouting a little jig this morning saying, I think they're going to get it. I think they're going to get it. Praise be to God. That form is better looking than this form. Because, man, as long as I live in this form, I long for that form because I'm getting tired already. But if I had that form this morning, I could preach all day and all night and all day and all night. Okay, just for a few moments and we'll stop. Let's get through this right here. In John 1, 3 to 5 tells us, let's look at that scripture. All things were made by him. Now remember the eternal, the little light that come out of God, the Logos. Then a little cloud over here, let us make man in a little cloud, which was the spiritual processes of nothing God, Logos life, produces a cloud. Three men, God, Son, Adam. All it's shown you is a principle of life. Just like a seed, you start with a form, it unites with the, in the natural, a sperm cell, little tail drops off, they become one, and then that source builds the body. Now you've got soul, spirit, and body. In actuality, it is soul. Body builds a body, and the spirit comes in it at birth. Now you are a person, body, spirit, soul. An egg. Something in there, white in there, and a shell in there. But where's the life? Where's God? All things were made by him, God. Now, theology will tell you that this is talking about Jesus. Jesus created all things. Jesus, the man, did not create nothing. It's God is the creator. God is life. God is doing all. All things were made by him, God. 
Those things are Logos, angels, demons, devils, whatever was ever created, every son and daughter of God, ever so, everything that ever will be was created by God back there in God. You and I, we don't understand it. You and I had a life somewhere. Whatever we done, I don't know. But we shouted around the throne. We worshiped God. We was a part of the army in heaven. Everything else and was transmitted down here in flesh. Every one of us pre-existed in a form. Even if it was the thoughts of God, which was actually real, we were back there in the thoughts of God. Then if a thought of God cannot fail in any form that it's in, why should we worry about failing or being inferior or being subconscious or being conscious or whatever we are? I am what I am by the grace of God. Without Him there was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. In that life, Logos, that light was life, invisible, can't find it. The life was the light of men. In other words, that life source was your soul or your life source that was brought forth through the cloud, placed in a human body, breath of life was breathed into him, and the natural law of reproduction come to the fact. What are you trying to tell us, Brother Gary? I'm trying to tell you, that we must perceive ourselves here in this form as sons and daughters of God. There's got to be a change of our perception. What? And the light shined in darkness. Now we can take that to organization. How many knows that darkness is of the devil? In other words, there's something the devil can't see, he cannot perceive. No religious system will ever perceive the presence of God. They can't. The darkness comprehended it not. Okay, let's look at that just a little bit. I mean, we're getting later all the time. Watch. The darkness comprehended not. Comprehend means basically they didn't comprehend it. In other words, they didn't perceive it. They perceived it not. In other words, the darkness was not able to extinguish the light, nor was it able to perceive the light. Cain couldn't perceive the revelation, neither could he put the revelation out. That's the reason ever Cain will try to kill the source that the revelation is coming through. If you've got a revelation, there will be some devil trying to quieten you up a little bit. As long as you keep your mouth shut and don't confess Christ, you'll have all kinds of friends. You open your mouth and declare that you go to church, that you believe you're a son and daughter of God, that you're a Christian, that you're the righteousness of God, you will have all kind of devils, all kind of enemies. And you will have problem with the powers of darkness because that spirit in the land today is trying to kill out every elected seed of God. I'm going to skip some notes right here. Just one. Skip some more. Colossians 1, 20 and 21. Having made peace through the blood of his cross to him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind. Where did man get alienated from? I'll make this little statement then we'll close. I'm trying to show you where did we become alienated from God? In the mind. Our minds are enemies of God. You say, well, I think on God. I, I, no, no. Your mind is an enmity, an enemy of God, according to the St. Paul. 
How we perceive ourselves to be is what we will manifest. I'll just read you the notes now. Do we see ourselves as weak, sinners, failures, as sick, or tormented? Because as we perceive ourselves, so we become, and therefore we will act. Jesus tells us, any man will come after me, let him deny himself. We've always thought that means deny the fleshly desires of your body. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, don't have vacation, don't have a good house, don't have a good car. Be as poor and poverty-minded as you can be. Basically, reject, suffer, 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 suffer. That's not what he's telling you. He's telling you now what? Deny basically what? Deny yourself the thought that you can exist as something apart from God. You've got to overcome your mind that tells you that you're something over here and God is something over there. You're always trying to separate yourself from God. Hammy's breathing this morning. I ain't heard too many amens, but Hammy's taking it. Are you breathing? Say amen. All right, where did the amen, where did the breath, where did the sound come from? If it wasn't a life or a spirit in there, then I'm going to ask you, where did that breath come from? Where did that spirit come from? Where did that sound come from? Where did that voice come from? How come you're here? Where does the life come from? Where does it come from? Because whatever it is, you're one with it. If your soul life come from God, you're one with God. Amen. Well, I'm not one with God. Then what are you, a chicken or an eagle? But see, that life still come from God. Even Zoe and rocks come from God. All things that were created, all things was made, all life, everything that's got breath come from God. The lying devil, demons, and everything else come from God. Because the devil don't have a word of his own. He's able to only use the word that God gives and he uses it and perverts it with. We've got to deny that we are an individual identity separate and apart from God. That is what we must deny. There's your denying yourself. Deny the perception that your mind is given you pertaining to yourself. Because the Bible said now are you the sons and daughters of God. But not, not yet appear. So therefore to believe that we are separate and alienated from God is what we must deny. Jesus never denied when you see me you see the Father. Is that right? So ever say oh yeah he must be God one like you think. No, 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 no. No, no, no. How many believes God was the source of all life that is called the Father? Our Father who art in heaven. Then he's the father of a family or whatever it was. He was the source of everything that calls him God. And he's one or life with everything that he's created as children, as things are creation, whatever more. God's life is in trees. Oh, the trees don't have a, a, a soul. The Bible said they have Zoe. Which is life. So there's some kind of life in that tree that come from God. You say, well, it must be spoken. It was the creative word of God. How did you get here? 
If you are an offspring of the original seed, which was Jesus was spoke in the womb of a virgin, Amen. praise be to God. Then who are you this morning? We are part of the creative body of Christ. We are a new race of people. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are a different race. We are little gods. We're little messiahs. The anointing abides in us and is telling me I am one with my Father. When you see me, you see the Father. Can y'all want to come what? How do you perceive Jesus? Are you with me still? Amen. How do you perceive Jesus? Everybody's preaching about Jesus. How do you perceive him? Do you perceive him as God the Son, one of the three people in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Jesus being a subordinate God to the Father, and the Holy Ghost is a subordinate God to Jesus? I don't know where they got that Tommy Rot in the first place, but that's not true. If God the Father and the Holy Spirit is self-same Spirit, and Jesus was a man created by the Father, which he was, God was his Father, then you got one God who is Spirit and one created man, Jesus of Nazareth. There's your body. There is now your anointed tabernacle that the prophet would come in and reveal himself and speak to the people. Jesus was that prophet at the river of Jordan when the pillar of fire, or God, the prophet, the word incarnated in him and took residence up in that body. Now then you have God in a body communicating through the vocal cords of a man speaking to humanity. And Jesus said, when you see me, all right, when you see Jesus, when you see who he really is, when you see me, you will see the Father. Amen. Do you perceive him as God the Son, or do you perceive him as your brother? Is that right? How do we perceive him? According to Hebrews 2.11, he says he's not ashamed to call us brethren. Now you say, I'm not the same as you. You are, except position in the family. Because he was the firstborn. He was the first of the generations of Almighty God. He's the head cheese. He's our big brother. He, he's the elder of the house. And he got 50% of the inheritance. And by our fall, we come under his inheritance. We receive his name. We're redeemed by his work. Amen. He died, gave up the ghost, paid the sacrifice, and when he come out of the grave, I was made the righteous of God. I'm now redeemed. I'm now restored. I'm now in my position as sons of God. Amen. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning, would you? He's the firstborn among the dead. Read your notes. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many, 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 many brethren. Many brethren. Now we're supposed to be like him. <laughs> oh, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. How in the world are you ever going to be like him when you're a son of a renegade and he was a son of God? 
There is no way that you'll ever be like him unless you have the same father he had. Unless we come from the same source life that Jesus come from, you can never be like him. That would be like a giraffe out here said, I like to be like a turtle. I'll be like a turtle, be like a turtle. I long to be like a turtle. They'll never be like a turtle. Because he's born of a giraffe seed. Serpent seed will never be like him. They try real hard. But they'll never be like him. You know why? Because they cannot perceive who he was. And therefore, they do not know who they are. They don't know. Why? Because in the very beginning, God said, If you'll do well, Cain, I'll accept you. And he said, I'm not going to go out and kill a lamb, cut his throat, and put blood on my pretty flowers up here in my pretty altar. I'll just kill the one that you accepted and get him out of the way, and I'm the only one that's left. Why do you think this ecumenical movement, which is now in your politics, they're going to kill out everything that does not agree with them? It's in your society, it's in your schools, it's in your politics, and it's even in your religion. And now it's come to seed. Now it's come to seed. Cain killed Abel. And he said, Oh, I'm going to run you out of here. I'm going to separate you in the presence. He said, My punishment is greater than I can bear. He said, If you'll do well, sin lies at the door, but if you do well, you'll be accepted. He said, So therefore, I'm going to hide who you are. I'm going to hide your identity to yourself and to others, lest finding you, they will kill you. Cain killed Abel, but God hid Cain's identity. Today, when you preach serpent seed, my God, they think that you have blasphemed, that you're the vulgarest idiot that ever got up behind the pulpit. High in the world would you think that in the beginning, Eve was the mother of all living that had a sex act with a serpent. Oh, my Lord, how mercy. What kind of garbage is that? How, it is nothing but the truth. How in the world do you think you got here? Eating apples? Then eat a bushel of apples and see if it impregnates you. You're not going to get pregnant with apples. If every principle is true and every law holds true, it is a law of reproduction. Sin in the garden was sex. Eve was the mother of all living and science has proved, 15 years ago science proved that every man by genetic study come from one woman. They found that as a scientific fact. But they say there must be more than one man involved because there are different genetics in there. But they also said almost 98% of men come from one source. Now you know that's not from God. Because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were delivered, so shall it be in the days when this prophet shall come and reveal himself. And every soul that is not mine, serpent, seed, whatever more, shall be cut off. Where are we at, folks? How do you perceive yourself this morning? 
And I say this, I believe that you and I, by the Word of God and vindicated prophet, that you and I are a predestinated seed of God, veiled in corruption, striving, trying our best to get through this life. But if I ever perceive myself as a redeemed son of God from the very beginning, then things will begin to change. Amen? So we'll leave it right there. How do you perceive Jesus will be the first step to your immortality. That will come to change our bodies. Amen. It's not as difficult as you think. It's as simple as basically agreeing with the Word of God. <laughs> Amen. We must agree with the Word. How many found out how hard it was following a prescription of taking God's Word five times a day at a certain time of day for seven days? Is anybody still on course of doing it? I failed, I think, the first day. But the greatest psychologist that lived, Dr. Allen, he used that prescription from basically Holocaust survivors' children that basically when they were delivered, they was given all the food that they wanted, which was something they hadn't had, skin and bones. And they found out that when the child went to bed, if they gave them a piece of bread to hold in their hand, that they would rest during the night. They'd go to sleep. Because they had that security that I'm going to have bread tomorrow. They found out through psychological studies, he used that prescription five times a day, seven days, that would deliver people from insomnia, worry, stress, provision. You begin to break it down word by word. There's a sevenfold revelation in Psalms 23, the greatest portion of the word basically that was ever written that has power in it to bring you to a recognition of sonship. It'll rest your soul. It, I live in the house of the Lord. What's the house of the Lord? The revealed word of God. And if you want to talk to God, use the prayer that Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. While you're standing before we sing a song, sis, you'd like to be prayed for this morning? And maybe you come this time. The positive confession is the test, the x-ray science, has given our sister not a good report. And our confession is God is a healer. So we're going to take our confession to God. And we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will anoint her mind to win the mind battle over science and over the devil. Because a vindicated prophet said, if you're not afraid of the big C, and I wouldn't give the devil credit to even say it, if you're not afraid of the big C, it cannot hurt you. If you're not afraid of it, it can't hurt you. And I was listening to the prophet the other day, a lady who had the big C, he said, you know what, sister, they told you that you had so-and-so. He said, now, if you'll go and not think about it anymore, and don't even talk about it. Just put it out of your mind. It will leave you. 
So we're going to pray this morning and anoint our sister with oil that her mind will be anointed with the truth that the power is already in her as a child of God to be able to change the mortal body. Therefore, there's a power in you that can heal your body right now. Remember, healing the cripples and everything else did not come from the outside to you. It come from the inside out of you. You say, well, Brother Branham healed the sick. No, he only brought to you the knowledge of who you are, and that faith actually brought the healing out from in you, within you. You have power within yourself to heal the body because you have eternal life already dwelling in you, and you have the, all the power that Jesus had as sons of God. So would you bow your heads with me and let's pray that our sister, we're not telling her not to go to the doctor or whatever more to free. We're telling her to believe, and we're trusting that the report will come back in a positive sense that she is free from any diagnosis of anything from the devil. Father, we anoint our sister in all. We put the Holy Spirit symbol between us and the sick, sickness. And you said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. If there be any sins, they shall be forgiven them, and the, the sick shall rise up and become well. Therefore, we anoint our sister in all by the, the, according to the Scripture, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the statements of science will fail and that the Word of God is true, and we place our voice in line with the Word that by your stripes we are healed. Therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ, we go forth with the confidence that you have heard us this morning. Our prayer is answered. All symptoms are gone, and we have deliverance from any fear of the evil one. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Just go believe and sis, confess, and I believe everything will be all right. How many believes that? Amen. What are we going to sing this morning? I'm a new creation. All things are passed away. I've been born again. Than a conqueror. That's what I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand. Turn around and shake hands with somebody this morning as you're singing out. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things are passed away. I've been born again. That's what I am. How many feel saved this morning? Passed away, I've been born again. Oh, that uh, you are more than a conqueror, amen. What I am, I'm a new creation. Well, I'm a brand new man. Come on now, let's sing it. Well, I'm a new creation. Let it sink in a little bit. Just think about it. Old things are passed away. A conqueror. That's what I am. 
new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things are passed away. Just how many old things are passed away? Whoever said that is right. All of them. All of them. You just really don't know what kind of stinker I was. Yeah, and I'm glad I wasn't around you to smell you. <laughs> because I don't know who would stink the most, me or you. Now, although you may believe it, and I may try to convince you, I was not always able to walk on water. Matter of fact, I can't even walk on water yet. Well, that's not true, really. I can't walk on water because Jesus walked on water. As he is, so am I in this earth. So if the, if the faith would increase itself, I can walk on water. Praise God. I'm going to watch what I'm saying from now on. Praise God. But there was a time when I was not conscious or perceived who I was as a son of God. I would look in the mirror with my little little curl down here in front. Oh, man, did I have a style. Had a hair with a little wrinkle down here, a little curve down here. Like Brother Branson, you run around with your mouth out. Oh. Coat turned up. Cool, man. Cool. I was so cool that I couldn't even see nobody. Praise God, I was so cool. Now I'm going to give you a little insight. When you see all this, what you call arrogance, or when you saw pride, or man, they got their nose up here, always remember when you see someone like that, especially behind the pulpit, they're trying to cover up a perception of inferiority that they have down in here. They're more afraid of you than you are of them. Have you ever seen these preachers that you think they thought, oh, praise God, I'm the, I'm the holy child of God. Nothing. What they're fighting is an inferior complex and most of them don't even know really for sure that they're called and they really don't know much about the Bible. They just want to make you think that they do so they cover it up. When you see someone that really knows something, and I haven't seen many too much, that really know something, that are convinced in the Word, they don't have to impress you of what they know or who they are. They're usually very humble, very quiet, and they just tell you as it is, and that's just the way it is. We need not that any man teach us, but the anointing that abideth within you shall teach you all things. Your soul knows everything that you need to know. It's got to be presented to you for you to perceive yourself as to your true identity. Amen. So don't be ashamed to confess I am the righteousness of God. Don't be ashamed to confess I am a believer. Don't be ashamed to confess I am a part of the bride of Jesus Christ. You say, what if I mess up? Father, forgive me, I messed up. I'm still a bride of Jesus Christ. I'm still a believer and I'm still a son of God. And praise God, we'll all get there together. When we all come in the harmony that we believe the presence of God, the message that He delivered in this hour to tell you who you are, we will be one family. We will love each other because every one of us will understand the Word absolutely the same. And how can you not love the Word and not love each other?
How can you love the Word, and the Word is in each one, and not love each other? You can't. So if the message is in you, the perception is in you, the revelation of who you are is in you, then we will love, all, love each other. We'll love our brother even as ourselves. Because we'll see ourselves as one in Christ. Amen. So God bless you. We will not be here next Sunday. And like I said, Brother Stuart Duckworth, some of you young brothers know him. I don't know him personally. But uh, come, let's hear what he's got to say. And we'll try to watch it on live streaming, whatever more. And we'll be back the Sunday after that. And we'll begin our series, The Seven Steps to Glory, Our Immortality. And remember, these lessons here, the Son, there's your foundation step, number one. Who is Jesus Christ? Amen? So we can be dismissed as we're saying it now. Well, I'm a new creation.